Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. DNA for, uh, I don't know, May 3rd, 2021. I'm Aaron Dyson, oh, no. the man of a single black shirt. She is Danae Hughes, the woman of a million distractions. Ready. <laughs> uh, I heard the echo. Uh, I know. Must, I'm sorry. You, you must have set up a puppy cam and forgot I to did. mute it. I, uh-huh. Well, I don't know that I can actually mute it. It's not working well, oh, but it's, it's a handheld puppy cam. So you want to put it on there? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I can I can mute it uh, if nothing okay. else. So yeah. Hello, everybody. Good morning. Everybody, Hello. say hi to the puppers. Hello. We'll, we'll put them center stage, as they as Hello. they well deserve to be. Hello. Uh, they're going to uh, be singing a "Happy Birthday" to Rennie in chat. There you go. <laughs> Puppy Cam birthday song from the puppers. I literally can't this morning. do anything else. So I probably should just take off the puppy cam because I'm like literally just gonna have to hold my arm here. Right, right. Yes, those Slap are my nunchucks. Says, Check it out. Those are my nunchucks. Oh, nice, nice. Slap says, "Yep, he's gonna do the whole song." Yeah, I know. <laughs> I realized. <laughs> I realized he was. So, <laughs> you see, Slendermon. Yeah. Slendermon's comments. It's Rennie's birthday. So I can't, yeah. I can't put comments up. Okay, I've got one hand on my phone, the other hand throwing up comments. Yes, that Thanks was from. Renny, so happy birthday to you. We hope it's a wonderful day. Yeah. Got one hand one hand in my pocket and the other one is doing a puppy cam. <laughs> nice. Nice job. There you go. Thank you. Uh, how are you, Danae? Do you need to put the puppy shit here? I, there we go. We'll remove the puppy cam, remove I mean, the distraction. I tried to give you the hint, but you know, you're distracted this morning apparently. <laughs> I don't I don't think so. Yeah, 100% you are. I can tell. What am I distracted by? You think? <laughs> I like. Um. Oh. Oh. Uh. You're distracted by. Okay. Are there sports going on? Anything Michigan-y? Uh, nope. Nope. Any, any children in nope. detentions? Uh, <laughs> children in detentions. <laughs> no. If I am distracted, that's probably it. It's probably just graduation coming up in a couple of weeks for one of my boys, and uh, just trying to work through that and and get to that day and get them up there for their diploma and all that kind of fun stuff. So yeah. Or their education. Yeah. It's like heavy duty parenting going on right now. You know, mm. just trying, just trying to get, just trying to do what I can to, uh, to help my kids succeed. So yeah. Yeah. My, mine is uh, potty training. So 
oh, to all the different ends of this well, of the a spectrum. Different kind of heavy duty parenting uh, oh, going I on that. there. Completely so, that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it because you know it's just one of those things that you have to do. But I will tell you that all of the parents that I've ever been around, they all have very similar advice, and so I assume that if every parent says it it's going to happen. So mm-hmm. I haven't been panicking about her lack of interest in going to the restroom like an adult because, yeah. you know, it's a transition. And then she had her fourth birthday on April 20th and someone said something to her in her, mm-hmm. in her sphere. Someone, uh, I think it was one of her um, childcare providers. She goes to like her grandma's yeah. house for a couple days a week. And then she goes to another person's house, a friend of ours yeah, who just watches a few kids. I think it was one of them or one of the kids said, now that you're four, you get to go potty in the potty. And I mean, like, like that was what she needed. She just needed someone to tell off. her, hey, you need to be, you're four. It's time to do oh, it. I'm and four she's now. like, yeah, so she's like, I'm four now. So I need to go to the potty. The potty, we're like, yeah, yeah, do. Uh-huh. <laughs> if only so, we would have thought of this when you were three. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you're not wrong, JCD. Um, it is a crappy job. It is. It's weird, but it's good. I mean, you have to teach a little one everything about everything. And so this is just part of the teaching them everything about everything. I'm just thankful we're not having to do a lot of it out in public restrooms because Mm -hmm. I'm really not looking forward to that. We're all just still at home for the most part. And so it's just like the comfort of our own environment. So if there's a big mess or something, it's like our space Mm -hmm. rather than having to think about something happening in a public restroom, which are already so stressful for me. I hate public restrooms. I mean, who loves them, but. You really start to recognize even your own subtle bias, like shame biases that you have with your body and with, you know, bodily functions and all that kind of stuff, because you're right. There is an element of this is gross. We don't talk about this. Like, you know, and it's, like you got to teach your kids everything. You you have to teach her how to wipe. You have to teach yeah. her like everything involved with. Yeah, I was going to skip all that conversation, but well, yeah, see, it's I don't everything. Want to. I don't want to because <laughs> I think that that adds to the difficulty in like having those legit conversations. And I know it's I know it grosses some people out, but you know no, I think it's no. impo- I think it's important to take away the like the stigma of talking about that stuff because it's just something we all do and we have to do right. So, yeah, yeah, you do. And someone has to teach you how uh, I yeah. had to, you know, like, okay, okay, we're going there. Okay. Like when you wipe mm-hmm. for girls, you have to wipe in a specific pattern. This is right. something you have to think about. So yeah, you have to teach them. Yep. I remember. So, okay, this is it. This is the last of it. And then we're done. Promise. <laughs> Good. No, I'm glad. I'm glad. Promise? I'm glad we're talking about this. Yes. Yes. You got it. Okay. okay. We'll move so on. I remember when I was little, I was like six years old, mm-hmm. little, um, because I was in a specific house we moved out of, I think uh, I, my first memories are in this house. And um, so I think I was potty trained in this house, but anyways, I was having trouble going number two. And so my mm-hmm. dad must have invented, or maybe it was my mom. I think it was my dad though. I remember my dad doing it specifically. Um, he called it the poo-poo handle. <laughs> Great. I already, I already love this. I already know where this is going and I love it. And so he was like, he's like, you know, cause when we would drive, if there was a semi truck or something, we would do the choo choo mm-hmm. thing. And like, you'd like yeah. pull, he's like, it's like that. You grab the poop and you pull down and it helps you poop. 
I am at the point now where I'm ready to just pass this wisdom on to my kid because I mm -hmm. remember sitting on the toilet going, and then I remember, <laughs> <laughs> and I also remember telling a friend about the poo-poo handle later and them looking mm -hmm. at me like I was nuts. So <laughs> like, no, no, people don't do that. You don't have poo-poo handles. It is just like this no. invisible handle you're supposed to pull anyway. That's amazing. That's, oh, it's invisible. It's I thought invisible. for a second there he installed an actual handle no. for you. <laughs> no. <laughs> what is the poop knife? Oh, we we don't uh, we don't need we, you know there, oh, there, I there there are there are limits. Okay, okay. But, uh, yeah. uh, that's how my name says. I don't poop. I wasn't aware humans poop. Hey, we're glad to educate you this morning. Yeah, that's what we're here for. Elizabeth says only guys poop, not girls. Obviously, obviously, obviously. Um, uh, yes, Renee, let's let's find the gender stereotype. Mm -hmm. uh, my neighbor is potty training her son. He's trying to use it as a control thing. I can do this whenever I want, and you can't make me. Oh, but sometimes boy. this backfires on him because he's new to this and he can't always control it. Yeah. Oh, that's the boy. thing, man. Kids oh, boy. need to have some. Uh, that's uh, okay. We're not talking about pipe training anymore, but just kids stuff in general. I listened to a yeah, really. Yeah, I need a promise. I'm ready to move on. So I, I, uh, early on, I listened to this really incredible um, teacher. Her whole premise, I think I've talked about this before just in general, but uh, mm -hmm. the, the title of it was. Um, Ooh, I don't remember the title, but the general the general gist of it was how to not be a yelling parent. And I came from a yelling parent home. Um, mm -hmm. And so I am very aware that I just, I wanted to have levels of reaction. And mm -hmm. so I was trying to understand like that. So she was like, I think seven or eight months old when I started watching this. A lot of the stuff I learned, I couldn't even put into use yet, but just to kind of get myself in the mentality and then I uh, go back and I watch this semi-regularly to kind of remember and remind myself. And it was really interesting. I learned that kids have a couple of uh, buckets that need to be filled up. One of them is their control bucket. And that is if, if you can give your child a sense of control of their environment, then they have less chances of acting out because they feel in control. And then, of course, another one is healthy attention, you know, making sure that you're giving them some kind of attention. Mm -hmm. And if those yeah. buckets are really low, then oftentimes there is a reactionary or they're acting out to get something back that they need. Right. And so this made sense to me. And so we, from a very early, a, a very early age with her, give her a lot of choices so she feels in control. Stuff that doesn't matter, like, you know, what do you want to wear today? And we'll give her two options and she has control of what she wears. Or um, do you want to, you know do you want to open the car door by yourself or do you, you know, like these kinds of things where mm -hmm. we don't yeah, have choices. to give her choices, but we give yeah. her choices. So yeah. um, now she's bossy, which is great. I have a leader. I'm training a leader. <laughs> so I've got well, more work to do. <laughs> bossy comes with its own line of uh, pros and cons. That is for sure. Um, yeah. I, it, yeah. I, her personality right from the beginning though, as, as she has, you know, aged into her personality has been, um, very strong and i love it like you know there's a real strength to uh to your girl and kind of how she sees the world and what she wants she's direct and so, yes and she's very direct yeah, yeah. that's true yeah. she bosses uh there's a little girl that she plays with uh regularly and uh i had a chance to observe her for a little bit she goes over and she's just giving it to her not like in a nasty way more like a mm -hmm. scoot over this is where i want to sit that kind of thing and so she's i and the little girl just was like okay you know and kind of 
uncomfortably moves over. And here I am like my little wounded child inside of me. I'm identifying with a little girl that scoots over. I'm like, Oh no, 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 you don't. You don't walk all over that little girl that doesn't know how to stand up for herself. Like, so I, uh, have, and I didn't actually say it to Iris, but mm -hmm. I have decided that my next level of, uh, trying to appropriately help my child become a good person is to understand how to speak kindly. Mm. So yeah. Because she can be direct and she can be a leader, but if she uses her words strategically, um, it might benefit her. <laughs> yes, totally. <laughs> so, you ready anyway. to show Yes, I'm ready to All show right. Let's get into it. Uh, we are going to do the DNA and you will have a D topic and A topic and as many U topics as you want to throw our way and as we want to answer. Mm -hmm. uh, Nick made it. Hey, Nick. Glad to have you along. Uh, no clue says good afternoon, by the way. Winky face. Where's no clue that he's saying afternoon? I don't know. Obviously, I don't three, remember. three hours uh, east of us somehow, at least. <laughs> um, we can't go on with the show now. Sorry, JCD just said, so not to distract from the show, but I just stumbled mm. across a critter at work. We need more information. Yes. He says, uh, going to get a picture. I don't know how you're going to share that with us, but we're all yeah. about it. Yeah, definitely. I guess Twitter. Uh, while we are waiting for that, though, let's go ahead and get into it. Um, by the way, if you have you topics, uh, which are things you want us to talk about or questions you have for us, whatever it might be, uh, you can throw those in at any time. The closer to the you topic section, the better, because sometimes comments do disappear uh, from our ability to see them. But if you do, make sure you put a you at the beginning of the question or topic you want to talk about. Uh, want us to talk about but we kick it off with the d topic every day and that's danae that's a uh, great not every day but every every episode every what do you got? every episode okay uh let me pull this one down what is your time warp activity okay so this is an activity that you start and then mm -hmm. you just blink and mm -hmm. hours have passed yes yes so you start it poof Hours are just gone. <laughs> what uh, what brings you to this topic today? And did you lose some hours? Is 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 a migraine your time warp activity? <laughs> oh my god! So legitimately, yes, I had a migraine yesterday, and I lost my entire day. I don't know where no. it went. I don't even know yeah. how I functioned. Uh, I remember my husband leaving to get food at one point in time, and I woke up, and it was hours past when they had returned, and I thought that yep. it was Monday, and that I was late for work. And I was wondering why Iris and Justin were still there. It was like this strange thing. So yeah, for sure for me, migraines. But also I have really been wanting to get back into video games. And I like, I can't because I can't time warp. I have mm -hmm. to think about my schedule as it is right now and kind of go, it is so hard for me to limit myself. And there's a couple of games I want to play where it's really fun to do like more of an immersion style. Mm -hmm. um, there's a one in particular I would love to dip my little creative brain and fingers and everything into and I just can't. Do you want to say what it is? Do you want to say what it is? Uh, it's that Red Dead Redemption game yeah, uh, yeah. that has the role play server. I am. You've been, you've been watching a lot of streams of Red Dead. Oh yeah. my gosh. And there's this one particular streamer who I really am enjoying, but there's like all these people that I've since branching out into that sphere, I've been following mm -hmm. multiple of these people who like play this video game. They, uh, all of their audio that they have in the game is all as the character. And it's just these really interesting stories and it's just got my mind going. And so 
I'm just like, oh, if I had time, <laughs> yeah. yeah, if I had time, I would lose myself. And I, I mentioned something in one of the chats actually like, oh man, I wish I could play. And someone said, well, just play. And I, I didn't want to bring everyone down and remind them that some of us <laughs> work 50 hours a week and our parents, and then we also have yeah. our side projects like this that yeah. take a priority and work life. Everything is something where you have to, there's a trade-off, right? And for mm -hmm. me, it would be sleep. I would have to do it instead of sleeping. Instead and of I, sleeping, yeah. I love sleeping so much. And sleeping is healthy, by the way. Probably it's should important. get a certain amount of sleep every night. <laughs> Your body seems to be important. Definitely has to recover. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so yeah. Um, so that was kind of one that uh I just realized it is a time warp for me. So I have them in my life already, and then there's ones that are tempting. Mm -hmm. But I wanted to know what you guys thought, like things that you do, activities you participate in that you're either having so much fun or you just get, you're so into it, you're so focused that you look up and hours have passed. So yeah, uh, some good answers here. Uh, Doc says, I call that a nap. I know, um, right? Yes, a nap that. could definitely be that. Uh, mm -hmm. Slindemon says sewing. Oh. Um, for your, for uh, the, your hooky snookies. So what's interesting about activities like sewing that are like repetitive nature kind of activities is you can lose a lot of time because it's just the same thing over and over. And you get in this rhythm of like this mental rhythm of just, you know, kind of checking into this. And I, I am not somebody who's built to enjoy that kind of stuff. Um, but I, I know many people who are, and yeah, that is, that is something where, you know, whether it's knitting or sewing or some sort of repetitive activity that, uh, that people, you know, just lose themselves in. And you just kind of like sink into it. Yeah. 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 And you're just like, you're in the groove or mm -hmm. you're in the sewing groove as it would yeah, go. Totally. Um, uh, watching, uh, another Twitch channel, Donovan says, Moco made. That's true too. I have, I have so many Twitch channels I love and I'll have them on and then like, half of a day has gone by. I've just been hanging out with people peeking through their window. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, watching I a like movie from slab. That yeah. counts. Of course. Absolutely of course counts. counts. Um, Lucas, I like his answer for me. It's practicing the guitar. I spend hours practicing and don't notice the time passing despite the pain in my fingers. I have fun. So yeah. there is a, uh, Twitch channel that you might like Lucas. Um, it's called cactus room, which rhymes it's with practice room. And it's um, someone who, like, for eight hours a day, they practice their classical guitar. I think they're going for their, like, master's or something. They're in, they're in school, so they're, you know, studying. Um, and it's just literally him working out these really incredible um, classical guitar uh, mm -hmm. sections of music. Uh, so just something to keep in mind. I thought that I would share that with you. Jose says, playing One Night Werewolf. I remember playing with friends once. I looked at my phone thinking it been about 45 minutes and three and a half hours had passed. Yeah. Yeah, playing fun games with friends uh, is definitely something like that. You probably experienced that with D&D, uh, &D too, where it's oh just gosh, like yes. you're just hanging out and then you look at the clock and like, uh, <laughs> poker can be like that for me. Like, you know, I can play poker for, you know, four or five hours and, and not realize it's gone by because it's just, you know, it's so fun. Yeah, you're um, not wrong. Um, when you ha when you're having fun, it's it's pretty incredible. There's there's been several times in my uh, game that I play with my uh, with my players, and we'll get to a stopping point, and I'll say, okay, and that's where we're going to end our game tonight. And they're all so pumped. They're like, no, 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 no. We just a little yeah. longer. 
And every time we've done that, the little longer turns into an extra three hours and suddenly it's two in the morning or something. And we're like, yeah. we all have to go to work the next day. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, you gotta be careful. <laughs> Jessica says, uh, I play the Marvel Avengers game on PS4, but I can't play it if I only have a little bit of time because the missions take a long time. Yeah. Yeah. If I was to pick up another game, I picked up World uh, World of Warcraft again a few months ago just to try it out. Downloaded it onto my computer and uh, someone sent me like a month free. So I restarted my old account and I opened up my old character and it was really fun. And I only got to play for like 45 minutes. I think I got one mission done and it just doesn't feel right. <laughs> it just doesn't yeah. feel right. Yep. Uh, Donovan says recently I've been reading ready player one and I just get lost into that world. Reading is definitely one for, uh, for a lot of people. Um, Caleb says video games can definitely be a time warp. So many hours lost to Mario Kart. I do relate with that one. When I used to play video games, Mario Kart was one of my go-tos for sure. Um, depending on a project, video editing can be a real time warp since you're altering the time of whatever you're working on. It's a great point. Definitely a great point. My mind just got bent, man. <laughs> uh, that's not my name. Says, weirdly enough, binge-watching TV shows. This is the one I was going to bring up because this is probably the primary example for me. Um, but I just watched a couple episodes. No, it was seven episodes, and it's six <laughs> hours later. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I experienced that this weekend. In fact, my topic comes from oh. a binge I experienced this weekend. So, so okay. yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. A confirmation on video editing for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. uh, Doc says this past Saturday, I participated in an Among Us stream. We started at 5 PST and ended between 8.30 and 9. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Sadly, yeah, so many are video games. I think anything that you can get lost in, uh, like a story. So and video games are all about that story too. So whether it's mm -hmm. on Netflix or... Yeah. You know, if, if you're involving yourself in a story, this happens to me with books as well. If I jump into a book that I really enjoy, an entire day will go by. And every second that I can spare is spent trying to just speed read to know what happens next. And, mm -hmm. you know, I've lost a couple of days. So Nick um, says, Danae, I started playing StarCraft 2 right now and I'm having the same problems. Um, it's so mm -hmm. fun. And I had to choose between running errands and playing this morning. <laughs> Get sucked into that game. Yeah, it, it is. It sucks. It sucks when you have to weigh your time differently. I like, adulting right, is hard. I hate right adulting. Now, I have saved up a, a little bit of money right now, right? And I've never been good at that before. And now and maybe this should be my topic next week. Now I want to go like I really want to go and, and visit someplace other than the US, like go travel the UK for a month. But I have a kid. And so it's like, oh, I have yeah. money now, but I didn't when I had time. And when I had time, I didn't have money. And so it's like, there's always this weird trade-off. And so same with this time warp thing. Sometimes you, you're like, oh, I wish I had time. Maybe mm -hmm. I'll just call in sick today. Maybe I'll call in sick today and work. Wally <laughs> says, Saturday before last, I read a whole book. It was a whole day on the couch with a pot of tea and a book. Oh, luke lukewarm um you know, plant water. Nice. Oh, uh, oh no, Lolly. So Don't take the bait. Don't take the bait, Lolly. <laughs> it felt so self-indulgent to have a whole me day. It's good though, right? See, here's the thing though. Work-life balance goes both ways. And it's it's important if you have the ability to build in that 
time, that me time, I think that's really important. I definitely build in me time to my work life. You have to, there are some weeks you can't almost any job has busy times where, you know, you're just, you're not going to have the me time in other weeks. You'll have more me time. And that's, what's that to me is what's important is not forcing yourself to work when you don't have tasks you have to accomplish uh, in that moment. So, yeah. I agree when we had Iris and, you know, we were dealing with, okay, now we're parents. This is our number one. Mm -hmm. I listened to the advice of many who said you have to take time for yourself, even if it doesn't feel right to do so. Um, And so we both have personal activities. Justin does his thing and I do my thing and we Mm -hmm. are there for each other. And uh, I've been judged for it, um, which is fine. That's going to happen. But for me, getting one night a week to play games with my friends keeps me filled up. Right. So I have more to give. So it's an interesting, and I think it's good for Iris to learn too that she doesn't always have, you know, access to mom and dad. That we are individuals as well. Mm-hmm. I think that's healthy. But you yeah. know, we all just try this stuff. And so I anyway. Think- Maybe I'm wrong about this because of my own personality and my own instincts, but it does feel to me like our culture is off balance towards the work side of things. Yeah, I think so too. that, That we definitely live in a work ethic culture. And what we mean by work ethic is always working. You're always working your hardest. You're all and like, that's not, that's not how you're healthy. Like that's just not healthy. Um, and so, yeah, I think culturally we do need a shift from understanding what work ethic really means. Work ethic should mean getting your, your, uh, tasks done, you know, being productive and at the same time, creating a healthy life for yourself. Um, so yeah. So I remember reading something, I I don't remember where, what it was, but it was in our radio days. So it's been sometime in the last decade, (laughs) (laughs) but it really helped solidify for me that we as beings are not intended to make conscious decisions all the time. So when we Mm -hmm. engage in a new project and we work more and more and more, we're making more and more and more decisions. And the way that it was presented was something like you have so many decisions you can make in a day. Right. Right. And when you make those decisions, your brain starts to tire Um, and you can still go, but there's taxation on your mind and your body when you do that, which is one of the reasons why sleep is important. It kind of resets it here. Literal body heals. You go into that state of healing and all this stuff. Anyhow. So when you have a child, for example, all of a sudden the decisions you're making skyrocket, which is one of the reasons you get quote unquote mom brain or dad brain or baby brain, which is where you're just suddenly doing so much more. There's so much more output that you're not used to. Uh, this mm-hmm. happens maybe with, when you enter into college or when, when you're entering into a new job, there's just this taxation where you have the same amount of hours in the day, but suddenly you can't remember how to say the word refrigerator. So it's like, <laughs> <laughs> whoa. So there's yeah. this kind of thing. Um, I just did a really quick search uh, while you were talking and I was thinking about um, just the importance of how like your energy output. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I read this. This is from um, a quick Google search. So we know this is incredibly accurate. Oh, yes, of course. The internet never is never wrong. Okay, we make dozens of decisions every day, some simple, some more complex. Some internet sources estimate that an adult makes about 35,000 conscious decisions each day. 
We make about 226.7 decisions each day on food alone, according to researchers at <laughs> Cornell University. <laughs> now, now that you say that, I I really see in my own life a a real instinct to limit my decisions. The man of a single black shirt, the fact that I eat pretty much the same thing every day. Like I limit my brain's need to make a lot of these decisions so that I can, you know, make decisions that are more important to me. Um, so yeah, that's, that's interesting. I never, I never thought of it that way. I never thought of my like efficiency as actually being a brain Re saver, a resource management. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I never thought of it that so way. Much, that's, that's uh, interesting. So, so much. Uh, so maybe that's just something else too. And and you know what? Sometimes it's good to go, I am going to do this activity that feels positive and it's mm -hmm. going to take up a good chunk of time. And you know what? Sometimes I feel like that's important. Sometimes I feel like our body says, go engage in this activity because then yeah. you're going to go into a state where you're actually healing. You're, uh, I'm not saying that we should all play video games for a living, although that would be great. Um, <laughs> But I am saying that you have to follow your instinct, like Lolly's instinct to read a book. Like it's okay to take time to sit and be still and do something that just feeds your soul because it uh, it has to come out. Well, people do think that we watch movies for a living, which is only partially true. Um, there's certainly a, a lot more to it than that. Um, Boy, don't play. Oh, go ahead. You got Nick there. Right. Uh, I'll say, I don't have time for two hour movie. I'll watch a show. And four hours later, I'm like, oops, four episodes later. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I, we are we are there are levels of self-awareness in many different areas of our lives time management is all of our worst level of self-awareness we think we are so much like that we can't do a certain thing because we don't have time and it's really just about time management it's about shifting things around you know priorities all that kind of stuff um but yeah let's i, I we've all experienced that where it's like i don't have time to do this and then you you know, sit and watch six hours mm -hmm. of a TV show or something. Yeah. It's like, oh, maybe that, I did actually have time. <laughs> best thing is when you're self-aware and you call yourself out on it. That's the that's right. the next level. Right. The next level, be like, and I have a double standard. <laughs> well, and it's like, and, and I even tell people, they're like, um, you know, I have many people in my life who are like, oh, that that movie sounds awesome or that show sounds awesome. I just don't have time to watch it. And it's like, mm, I, I mean, you know, I, I get it. I get what you're saying, but. You do. You do. <laughs> like you're uh, you're you if you're not prioritizing, which is fine. I'm not here to tell you what you have to watch. I'm just saying, you know, the excuse of I don't have time is often not actually an accurate excuse. Um, it it so, is. Yeah. It isn't an accurate excuse. It's just they might lack the ability to say that's not a priority of the time that I have. Right. Right. Which is the answer. <laughs> sure. Sure. And it goes back to what we were talking about with a uh, cultural understanding of what is important in your work-life balance and how much that's usually work in this culture. On the so, flip yeah. side, here's something from Caleb who says, I can't watch TV. It's like an anti-time warp that just makes me more aware of the time I'm spending on a show. Mm -hmm. I have those activities too, where it feels like I'm wasting time rather than, mm -hmm. you know, losing time. And I suppose someone might say you're losing time when you're playing a video game, but however, most of the time I'm really enjoying myself. But yeah, yeah. I know what you mean there. This so, is what I was yeah. saying. Uh, the boy don't play puts it much simpler. Uh, you always have the time you need for the things you value the most. Yep. That is it. What you spend your time on will show what what you value. Um, yeah. So yeah, I think that's good. Think that's really yeah, good. Yeah. There's a there's a saying about something about like uh, tending the tending the garden. Like if you 
if you go over and you tend to the and you spend time in those places mm-hmm. and then that stuff grows. And if you don't, it gets all funked up. Mm-hmm. I don't know garden terminology. <laughs> I think that's technical terminology. <laughs> Elizabeth up. says, me this morning when I said I was going to exercise, but told my, told myself I don't have time before the DNA. Then I sat and scrolled on my phone for 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you. I feel you, Elizabeth. Oh, my god! I gosh. totally understand. Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. My, my, my favorite thing that I do right now is like, well, I could do yoga or something like in stretchy and move my body, but I don't have a yoga mat. When yeah. I have a carpeted floor right. <laughs> i could right. easily just and do and stuff. also could get a yoga mat very quickly for very cheap <laughs> like, yeah but know. i don't i don't want to get i don't want to get like a cheap mat i want to do some research i've you really know, like, been i, I do that I, you really lot. do have to trick yourself into like exercising um it really <laughs> it, no anybody, in general if, like in general if you're not enjoying how you're exercising it really is more of a discipline thing which is fine. We have to have discipline in our life. But um, I've really enjoyed uh, playing disc golf so far this early, mm-hmm. like late spring, early uh, summer that we're getting to here. Um, and so for me, I've just said, well, if I'm going to play disc golf, I have to bike there and back, you know, because I'm within biking distance of this place. And that's been awesome because any day it's nice. I'm like, I got to get out and throw, you know, the Frisbee around, but I have to do a, you know, a 15 minute uh, bike ride both ways and so i'm burning thousands of calories just to go play disc golf and what's nice is the bike ride gets my heart rate up and then my heart rate stays up the entire round and all the way home so i have like this nice two and a half hour chunk where i'm really burning calories it's really nice but if you can find something like that it makes it a lot easier because then you're like oh i want to go do this you know but i'm gonna trick myself yeah i i mean how much I, of life is trick tricking myself. yourself into doing stuff I could trick myself, but then I outsmart my tricky self. (laughs) I'm like, wait a second. I know what I'm doing. Oh, I'm too smart for my own self. (laughs) (laughs) Am I really tricking myself or am I, am I actively using my own, um, my own desires against myself? I don't know. There's, there's definitely, it's not against myself. It's for myself. Like it's helping me be a little healthier. So yeah, Yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's, that's, that's something I've, I've really enjoyed this spring. Well, this was a fun chippy chat. JC Davis says, so you're saying I should put a donut at the end of the treadmill that I have to reach so that I actually use the treadmill? Mm-hmm. That's exactly well, right. The problem is you get that donut pretty quick and then, <laughs> then you beat done. It depends on how fast the treadmill is going, I guess. You and you're to, not supposed to jump on them when they're going super fast. I'm more saying if there's a donut place within walking distance or within running oh, distance or within oh, biking oh, distance, you have to go ahead and go there. grab a, a donut, but you got to walk there and back. See, I can't yeah. do that. I can't trick myself to do that because I also know you I have, have a car. You have a donut place within walking distance. I do, but I also have a car. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but then you spin the gas. Come on. Just let your brain figure out why it's better. You know, it's better yeah, to, to I walk. can't. I'm too smart for my own good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready to move on to the eighth topic? Yep. Let's do it. All right. Uh, I said it was a little bit based on um, binging a show. Uh, I found a reality show this weekend, just typical competition style reality TV that I love. And many people told me I would enjoy. And I'll tell you what it is here in a second. But it got me thinking about how many, many people are like, man, reality television is so dumb. It's all, you know, fixed. It's all, you know, rigged. It's whatever the complaint is about reality shows. But almost everyone I've come in contact that says that 
has a reality show they love. It's this really interesting thing where the, the genre is so broad that it's like, yeah, reality TV is trash, but I really love this show. <laughs> like, it's kind of one of those interesting things. So I was just curious, what's your favorite quote unquote reality show? And that may be a type of reality show. Um, like for uh, Danae, I, I'm almost sure it's RuPaul. Um, Drag Race is probably your go-to answer, something like that. There's others that you've yeah, talked probably. about. Yeah. Um, you know, the one I, I saw love this reality TV. <laughs> <laughs> I'm such a, that's, I think it's one of the reasons I love Twitch so much. It's like a re, it's like is, yeah. real reality TV, but it's not produced reality TV. So it's like mm -hmm. the best reality TV. Yeah. I like, like this is reality stuff, TV, yeah, right? Yeah. In a way. Kind of, in a way. Um, Certainly, we'd accept this as your answer. If this is your I mean, favorite. Listen, reality there show. are times when I will like log in to some of my favorite Twitch channels, and shenanigans are happening, and I have the FOMO. Like it, it <laughs> it's like oh, I can't tune. I can't look away because right, you never right. know what you're going to miss. Um, there was one day I tuned in, and, and one of my favorite uh, reality TV personalities was um, twerking on a table. And I'm like, how did we get here? How, what is happening right now? What, what What's the purpose of this? Um, there's laughter. The chat is exploding. And I've missed something. And it's like there's yeah. just this, you know, desire to, to be uh, there. And then there's other kinds of reality TV, like the Purdue stuff. I do like that stuff, too. Yeah. Um, this is what I'm talking about. Donovan says, I hate reality shows, but keeping up with the Kardashians right. is a guilty pleasure. This is like what, like, I, I, I know there are some people who are probably just, completely like no i hate them all i don't watch a single one but for the most part people i come in contact even the ones that hate reality tv have their what they call a guilty pleasure my so. favorite one i'm gonna say it strongly and confidently is the great british baking show because because they've removed the drama that the u.s the U.S. twist of glancing over the time and glancing back right, and like right. building up this drama, yeah, yeah, this forced drama or the tension or the division. They really like to go into the mm -hmm. division of people or play into potential drama um, and just really inflate that stuff. And what a breath of fresh air that show is because it's genuinely about the competition. It's mm -hmm. genuinely about the passion of baking, and they tend to highlight more. They don't really go into the backstories of everyone. They do give like little vignettes of of mm -hmm. who they are or where they come from. But the show actually focuses more on the drama of baking in these kitchens that are like because every kitchen's different. Mm -hmm. Every uh oven cooks differently. So you could practice something at home and it goes different. And that's the that's the drama. The drama is if the bake is gonna work. You know, mm -hmm. and yeah. it's so nice to be invested in something that is that's uh, is that I don't know, simple, I suppose, comparatively. And you get so much more invested in their success. So when something crumbles in the oven or it doesn't set correctly, they just they're OK with uh, the, the the producers are OK with watching the human emotion of managing disappointment, knowing that you've done everything you can or you've made a mistake and they're just they just sit in it. And that's the stuff that I find to be beautiful. And when you compare a show like that to any of the other ones that I've enjoyed watching, like my least favorite is Ink Master. I know it came up in the chat, actually. I was say that was the first comment I was about to I put know. up. But let me tell you, uh, Jessica says I've been binging Ink Master on, on season four right now. Okay. Ink Master is a, it's a, it's a paint by the numbers 
drama experience, reality TV experience. I have it down to a science. I watch Ink Master, but I literally will completely skip over 30 to 45 minutes of the show because I don't care about the drama that they're building up. They cast people who are going to be you know, nitpicking and kind of like poking at each other and like the, the ones well, that are going to be you, you poke it, you poke <laughs> people. So yeah. I just watch it. I want to see the art. So when I realized I'm watching it for the art and not for the drama, that's why that's how I watch Ink Masters. But they're probably the very worst at hooking you into knowing what's going to happen next episode with the drama rather than the development of this really beautiful skill. Right. So um, that's, I, I, that's what I've realized over time. America's Got Talent is the worst. I mean, I've never seen Ink Masters, so maybe Ink Masters is, is the worst. But as far as all that, man, like the manipulative stuff that reality shows will do where they emphasize the drama or the story as opposed to the talent, America's Got Talent is the absolute worst at that. Do I still watch it? Yes. But I fast forward through so much of it because I just want to see the cool things that people can do. And I really wish... One of the things I love is when a reality competition show hires judges that are really smart and really understand the like stuff Harry they're talking Connick about. Jr. Yes, like when Harry Connick Jr. was on America's Got Talent, or not America's, I'm sorry, uh, American Idol. He was a, such a great judge. I loved him on American Idol. Mm -hmm. So, of course, I got rid of him because, you know, whatever. <laughs> because he was actually giving critical feedback. Um, the same is for Ben Folds on whatever that acapella uh, reality competition show oh, that yeah. was on for was a while. Um, I forget and the name of the show. But Ben Folds is so smart about music and he knows it so well. And he would talk to them in ways where I understood about 70% of what he was saying. But the 30% I didn't understand, I wanted to understand. And I started to understand. I felt like I was getting smarter watching him talk you know, to these people. And I love that. I love when the judges don't dumb it down to just, oh, you sounded beautiful. Oh, that sounded great. Oh, you have mm -hmm. great stage presence. Okay, but tell me something, like teach right. me something about what they're doing so yeah i i really i really do love that and um and really don't like when a show becomes more about the big drama or story as opposed to who really is doing amazing you know stuff um so yeah yeah, yeah. and america's got talent is the worst at that in my I opinion i don't i like watching competition shows especially when there's this there's this one that was awful <laughs> like and i loved it because it was so bad um the host wasn't great like i i don't know i'll sit back and i'll watch and be like and, and wonder what am i why why am i watching this why am i spending my time on this but i, I realized that in every circumstance it is for the passion the people who enter into reality tv shows like specifically competition reality tv shows they have a passion and there's something so beautiful about watching a mm -hmm. passionate person. Sure. You are like, I'm drawn to that. And I want to, uh, I'm curious about what drives them or, or how they even got to the point that they're in. And so, mm -hmm. um, yeah, it was called a skin wars. Um, highly skin recommend wars? it. Isn't that right? Wasn't that right? Skin wars, I think. Highly recommend it there it's a, it's a body painting competition oh yeah 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 the body painting one yeah they don't they're, they're not in production anymore probably for reasons um but 
their tagline, you know how they have the dramatic tagline at the end where like they've they've eliminated someone and, and right. it's the, the tribe has spoken. The tribe has spoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah, statement. Yeah. Theirs was something along the lines of go wash your canvas. <laughs> and you ended <laughs> you ended the show panning over to a <laughs> this is so great, a shower, right? That has the whole middle section acid washed out so you can't mm-hmm. see the naked bodies and it's so it's just a little bit of the women's head and a little bit of their like painted feet and all of this paint just being washed down the drain <laughs> like you're literally watching two people shower together it's so funny <sighs> uh, i never watched that show but um oh but, my god but now you have my interest Ooh. um there's another one that's really great called uh face off do you remember that one? I have heard of Face Off. I, I haven't watched love that any one. of this stuff, but yeah, I, I, part of the problem with reality TV is how much I love it, um, and how much I enjoy it. So I, I have to be careful. Um, yeah, yeah. So. It's the yeah. it's the passion. It's the passion of 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 it. Uh, Face Off is. Um, artists I would love that show. I know one hundred percent. I would love Face Off. Prosthetic, mm-hmm. uh, prosthetics for think like Star Trek type right. scenarios where every week you've got an episode where there's aliens and they're wearing sort of, you yeah. know, wharfs, uh, Klingon material or, or what, what have you. And so um, they're creating all of these prosthetics that you would use in TV or movies and they're painting it and you're seeing the behind the scenes stuff, like the what a workshop Lord of the Rings stuff, which I love behind the scenes type thing. Maybe that's another part mm-hmm. of it. It's like, reality tv is kind of a peek behind the curtain of a lot of different uh things yeah. so anyway yes i love reality tv i am I'm, I'm sorry i can't help no it. no it's great and a lot of people are are really got some great stuff going on here so uh let's let's talk about a little bit this um let's see uh lucas says aaron don't even start on reality shows here in brazil we are very upset with the elimination of a very charismatic person on big brother brazil last night love the big brother shows i could probably watch big brother from every single uh country and not even need the subtitles i just watch the people do people (laughs) things like big brother is one of my favorites um and you know what i haven't even mentioned the one i watched this weekend yet it was um and, and big brother reminded me of it because the reason people continue to recommend the show to me is because it has similar feel to big brother but it's called the circle and it's on netflix and there's two seasons uh on netflix and it's one of the only shows on netflix they actually release weekly um so uh so i found that interesting so the circle is about social media in uh, a lot of we a lot of ways but it is that same thing of people in an environment in this case they are separated into different environments and they can either be themselves or be someone else through social media so they can either catfish or be themselves and basically they're trying to not get eliminated like many of these reality competition shows um or contest shows i should say Mm -hmm. uh are and Man, they they cast that first season so well, and I liked so many of the people on it. And it's so it, it's just for me, one of the things I love the most is just kind of that voyeuristic nature of seeing human nature and just how people interact with each other, how people are uh, nice, uh, kind to each other, and how people are mean to each other, and to have a little bit of self awareness of. Um, have I ever done anything like this? I, have I ever been this kind of person to someone? Mm. 
Um, and I just, I really enjoy that aspect of it. So there's a lot of that in Big Brother. There's a lot of that in The Circle. There's a lot of that in uh, Survivor. So those are some of my favorite when you really get to see like group dynamics, how we relate to each other within a smaller, you know, culture. Um, I, I love that stuff. The human psychology stuff is so fascinating for me to watch. And this, mm. this show really goes into a lot of that stuff. Um, because you're dealing with people who are either trying to be themselves or trying to be their idea of someone, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder so, if I would like something like that. To, I don't huh? know. I think I might you get triggered. You, I don't want to. Well, I know. I, 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 I know. That's the thing, right? You just you don't know. And you might get triggered. Um, I know some of it was. Uh, and when I say triggered in this case, I mean, you know, the light version of triggered where it's like, I don't like that. Uh, but but some of it definitely triggered my wife, who was like, you know, I don't like people being fake. I don't like seeing people be fake. It's cringy to me. It's, you know, I don't like it. And so, you know, it was definitely something she wasn't uh, necessarily in- interested in. But at the same time, she would find herself sitting down and getting sucked in, <laughs> you know, like it's just yeah. it's that kind yeah. of show. It's easy so. to do that, especially like when you watch it and you're like, okay, now I want to know what happens. And then you just sort of binge the rest of it. I watched the entire first season this weekend as well as half of the second season. Um, and I, I'm in. I just, I, I love that kind of stuff. So that's what that was. Uh, Big Brother reminded me of that. Caleb says, throwback from the OG YouTube reality show. Who reviews mm-hmm. the reviewers? Uh, <sighs> that's right. I won a reality show one time. Uh, yeah, you did. It. Oh my gosh, I totally it. forgot all about that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you can find all that stuff on YouTube. Uh, oh my gosh, that was just like all of a sudden I'm having these memories of you doing that. That was awesome. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Uh, Donovan says, I'm so invested in MasterChef. I feel like a five-star chef after watching an episode of that show. Uh, lots of cooking show answers. Mm-hmm. Um, oh man, my favorite thing is to watch reality com- uh, reality uh, TV Shows where they have like a like a cooking competition style, mm-hmm. and I'm making macaroni and cheese, judging them. That's my <laughs> yep, favorite because yep. it's it's every single time that I watch Top Chef or something, I'm over there making the most elementary plate for myself, and I'm adding salt mm-hmm. and I'm adding pepper and feeling really good about my choices. And, then, yep. <laughs> and they're making these insane things, uh, and I'm like, and well, there's you so know, many your presentation's a little off though, so. Uh, Slab mentions tiny uh, mentions Tiny Master Chef with Gordon Ramsay. Oh yes, uh, the the little kid one, the little junior one. Yeah, Jose says my dad loves to cook, so we often watch co- cooking competitions, Final Table, mm-hmm. American Barbecue Showdown, also Craftsman competitions because Dad's oh, an architect. Okay, um, so that's fun. Uh, Weekot says Top Chef for me, very similar to what Danae says. I prefer a regular food competition. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just got into Top Chef, binged all the seasons over pandemic, and I'm watching the new season now and uh, really enjoying Top Chef. So, yeah, like Top I Chef's said, not bad. there's very few reality competition shows I'm not going to enjoy because I love watching people be awesome at stuff. Like watching people be awesome at stuff is so fun. Um, so, so yeah, I get into it. Uh, uh the boy don't play well. says it sounds like it should be guilty pleasure. I have no guilt from watching Married at First Sight. It's people watching it at the best and the only show I consistently watch the day it airs. This is what I I've always never, say. I've never watched that one. There, but that does remind me about the personality-driven ones that are more about the families. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Little People, Big World was one I used to watch all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then there comes a point when you realize there's just this, there's a tipping point for me every once in a while on the 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 ones about families where I feel like 
the presence, it, it shifts from an interesting like documentary style into mm-hmm. this family is being paid money that they have to be paid to let these people just wreck their world. I don't know. I yeah. think that's probably a really major assumption. Wreck is obviously pretty quick stretch for me, but mm-hmm. um, I, I tuned back into little people, big world. I think it was in the last year. Uh, and they're focusing more on just a few members of the family and some of them aren't mm-hmm. being videoed at all. And that's gotta be for contract reasons. And just makes you, you think about, uh, Oh, Oh. And then there's a, the, the youngest uh, son, he's using terminology that makes me, it just makes my heart hurt where he, he's saying, there's just some things I don't want to be on camera. And I have, a, I have an agreement with my family. We're not going to discuss these things here first. And mm-hmm. they did that. And now we have to talk about it. And so it's like on the table stuff that he didn't want to have to deal with in front of America. And he's mm-hmm. having to deal with it in front of America. And you can tell there's just a yeah. struggle of, I want to have some privacy, but yet there's cameras in my face. And so, yeah. you know, it's, um, I don't know. There's part of it that just shifts a little bit for me where I feel like, oh, if I watch this, I could be part of the problem. Does that make sense? No, I, I'm totally with you. Uh, I was just getting ready to say there are types of reality shows that I don't watch because I do feel um, that the, that I that there actually may be some detriment to human beings yeah, happening in yeah. them. Um, Those are very TLC for me. The the, mm-hmm. the people the the reality TV shows on TLC have that vibe yeah. for me, where it's just like, oh, I don't. I exploitative. Don't know. There's, you yeah, know, maybe. at the same time, all of it is. Exp- I mean, entertainment yeah, is exploitative is. at some level. But so it, finding that finding that dial is it is is interesting. Um, Jose said something. He said, "I'm usually not a fan of drama in reality TV, but Survivor is a weird exception." That makes me think too. Like there are certain reality TVs that you know going in, you're entering a competition, mm-hmm. yes. and then there's a beginning and an end. Whereas sometimes these reality TVs are, it's just an extension of someone's life. And that right. feels that feels it feels a little bit like a line to me. And then and then lot. another and then another line that I have, uh, and this is personal, and uh and you know, I, I honestly am not saying this to to cast judgment as we weren't when we were talking about the TLC type shows either. But uh anything dealing with relationships is just hard for me because I value so much the idea of positive, healthy relationships. In so many of the relationship shows, I'm speaking, of course, of like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, Married at mm. First Sight, you know, whatever it might be mm-hmm. where people are trying to get together. So many of them, you know, Temptation Island or, you know, whatever it might be. Um, so many of them are so unhealthy. They have such an unhealthy idea of what it means to be in a relationship and treating relationships as a competition itself is just one of those lines that I guess I have where I'm just like, that right. just feels it's hard too icky to, to me. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to enjoy that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, that's, that's definitely, you kind of have those things. I did want to mention this too. Uh, the boy don't place mentioned Songland. This is such a great show. This is the show that is currently airing or was before COVID and probably will have more seasons where basically songwriters come in to pitch songs they've written to amazing songwriters. And it is some of the most I've learned about songwriting like it is so good. It's that that level I was talking about where the judges know what they're talking about and actually are teaching in many ways. I really, really enjoy it. And it's so fun to watch these incredible minds like create, like make their songs better 
um in just you know they'll just have a keyboard next to them they're like what if we did this chord to this chord and it just completely (laughs) changes the song and how it catchy it is and how it feels like i just yeah songland is definitely one i'm i've been enjoying uh as well so that's that's a good one to look up um man this is good like i said you know there's there's always uh there's There's always something going on it's interesting because we're talking uh, too about time warp and how you, we choose to spend our time. And, and when we watch things like reality TV, I feel like we couldn't have learned. Someone mentioned, I, can't, I don't know where it was, but somebody mentioned something about the annoying part of Chopped. Where does that come from? That, that was up there somewhere um, yeah. after the break is what they mentioned. And a lot of reality yeah. shows, American Idol is is the show that really started the after the break thing it's also the show that start and by the way they've stopped doing it uh completely because it's annoying um but um but the other the other thing in america's got talent again is the worst at this is the results show where they have two hours to tell you something they could tell you in five seconds it's insane and so it's That's just what I'm saying. Yeah. it's just all padding it's just you kind of all learn padding. you learn on those where to tune out and where to tune in and what's mm-hmm. insane is how trained we are is even the music you'll hear mm-hmm. a certain tune and you won't even recognize yeah. that you just turn instinctively and look to the tv to see what is being revealed so uh reality tv is interesting um i just i hope we all have some sort of a healthy relationship with what yeah. we're watching and understanding why we're attracted to it. Moko says, uh, Danae, Calamity Cat's friend's son is going on the circle. Um, so may have a connection yeah. there. Uh, Jessica says, I've heard of the circle, but wasn't sure if I'd want to watch it. The trailer made me think of the show Catfish, yep. which I also binged a while back. Me uh-huh. too. There's definitely that element of it. And boy, do I find that fascinating. I There's a, a guy on this season who one of the most fascinating things I saw, I, I don't know how are spoilers with reality shows? Does that like, I'm not going to tell you like who goes home or anything, but as far as part of his, uh, one of the competitions was to do um, like a makeup thing. And he was pretending to be like a sorority aged, like female and his makeup was horrible. And immediately everybody knew. And it was just like one of those moments where it was like, it completely ruined his game because he wasn't able to, Back, know, it pull, back it up and pull it off i'd love that like i just find that stuff so interesting um when shows do that kind of stuff so yeah <laughs> good stuff good yeah. stuff lots of naked and afraid conversation going on in the chats uh that's another one I, I definitely watch um survival shows in general my favorite survival show other than survivor which i don't actually think of as an actual survival show i mean let's be honest survivor is more of a, a personality of, yeah. drama kind of show um, but the one I love is Alone. Uh, Alone is an incredible survi- uh, survival show. So um, if you're into that. Uh, you ready for the you section? Yeah. All uh, right. Everybody do your thing in the comments. Chicken wing, chicken wing, do the thing. <laughs> the end of the show. Uh, yeah, let us know what you want us to talk about. If you've got a topic or a question, uh, feel free to send it our way. It is time uh for the you questions while while the uh, questions are coming in take a drink no i'm sorry no and, uh, no drinking you see that I, what is that it's a bracelet that uh oh. with like a hook clasp uh, yeah my son got that for me he um oh. is he trying to like, bribe hey. you i don't know he was like hey hey, hey dad 
I can't remember the time bracelet. I got you this bracelet. Also, can I have five hundred dollars? No, no, he's doing fine. Oh, that's nice. That's really uh, nice. Don't you have a bracelet like on your backpack that one of your kids made mm-hmm. for you? Yep, definitely. That's cool. Yeah, it was a. It was that was the one. I think he was like eleven. 10 or 11 and they were doing a project at school for mother's day where they were making bracelets for their mom. Mm -hmm. And so he made one, uh, for my wife. And then he was like, but what, what about our dads? And so he made one for me too. That's sweet. (laughs) Sweet. Oh yeah. Mom's day is coming up. Ooh, Ooh. it is. I better think about that. Um, Uh, I went to the very, very top and I'm scrolling down. Okay, well, there's some here. Uh, Jose says, with graduation season coming up, what is something you wish you knew when you finished high school slash college? Whoa. Um, I wish that they had teach and s- teached, taught, teach and did. Um, uh, grammar, English. Grammar, English. <laughs> and that's, that's my answer. usage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If there had been some kind of an attempt to assist me in that area. For pence. <laughs> uh, I wish there had been some kind of a finance class. Yeah. For sure. Uh, even if it was something that started in elementary school, mm-hmm. just to kind of give a general sense of how not to make money work for you or anything, but how to just understanding it, think ahead on it. Mm-hmm. Because if your parents don't teach you, you're screwed. Um, now in my case, I think my parents did try to teach me and I wasn't listening. So maybe if it was coming from multiple angles, it could have been nice. Mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe math is part of it, but just a life skill, something about a life skill. I'm glad we had like a typing class and that was really helpful, but I already knew how to type because I was a computer whiz. So mm-hmm. um, that wasn't very helpful, but like a massive skill I lacked going into the real world was uh, finances. It's interesting because there are some topics they should teach in school and some they do that parents can get a little bit protective about. Um, Money is one of them. Uh, Any of the big discussions, sexuality is one of them. And schools do teach sexuality and things like that. But there are just some things that kids need to learn as part of the learning process that sometimes as parents, we're like, yeah, but I don't, like there are are vagaries to that. There's a, you know, a little bit of... um, you know, how you use money, how how you prioritize your use of your money is, you know, there can be disagreement on that. And so it's one of those things that I think schools in general try to stay away from anything that can kind of wander into the moral or listen, the ethical listen, or those listen. kind of things. But, you know. Okay. I was forced to haul around a bag of flour and pretend it was a child for a week. I, I get it. If yes. I'm forced to do that, can we at least do talk about money? Yes, that's what At I'm saying. All? I'm I, that is what I'm saying. I'm saying schools uh, education has to. It needs to be, be more well rounded. Yes. And, and did flower deter me from going out and experiencing relationships? No, it did not deter me from going out and experiencing relationships. It, it was more of an annoyance. <laughs> the fun, <laughs> the best part of it was the kid who chucked his flower baby off of the balcony and it exploded on the first floor. That was the best thing. It was like this, we're done with this. And, you know, flowers flying everywhere and children are running. It was wonderful. I do wonder uh, if there's anybody whose story is like, I was going to be so sexually promiscuous. Until but the flower I baby. Until the flower baby. <laughs> and... <laughs> Uh, I mean, it's possible, I guess. You know, I guess it's possible. But um, I saw a comment down uh, recently from Lolly that asks, uh, like, that says, "Wow, is the flower baby thing real? I thought it was fake." No, we definitely did that in our school. It, we had flower babies. 
Um, and then the next year we had the electronic babies. They were the brand new. Now I think it's all like electronic, but they had the electronic mm-hmm. babies that have, you know, computer uh, chip in them that tells like when it cries and and you have to carry it around for X amount of days. And then you have to feed it and hold it, rock it, all this stuff in the night, in the movies, wherever you take it, you have to take care of it. And it is disruptive. The idea being that you have a general understanding of what it means to be uh, a parent parent. at a really young age. We're kind of talking out of both sides of our mouth here though, because you're talking about wanting financial training in school, Mm -hmm. but it would be similar to the parent training that was trying to happen there. Although- I don't mind, but don't skip. I feel like finances right. would be so. For example, here's an idea: at the beginning of the school year, start where you have a money, and then every time you come to your finance class, you're talking about where you are in your budget. You take money out for your certain expenses that month. You have a certain number left over. They kind of give you an idea. Here are some things you can invest in. Here's I do think something... some schools do this, by the way. I just That'd know that great. ours didn't. That would yeah. be great. I would have. I don't know that I would have liked it, but find a way to. That's the kind of the job of a teacher, right? Is to figure out how can you reach into the minds of these kids and pull something out. So what could have what could Danae have enjoyed to learn? For me, I think a really wonderful lesson would be I would have taken my spending money out. I would have spent it at the pretend stores getting candy or whatever. And then at the end of the school year, I'm looking at one of my buddies who invested it properly and bought a bike and mm-hmm. been like, How did you get a bike? How how did you just how how is this happening? You know that right. would have been an, a a good life example of what it means to spend now and feel the happiness of sugar now versus having something really cool later because you used your finances to your benefit. Instead of Just using children as manipulative salespeople to raise money for all the different school things. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Would you like a candy bar? Although those those candy bars that have the caramel inside are some of my favorites. Yeah, oh, they're gosh, nice. So they're nice. Uh, okay, I, okay. Think, I think I'm with you. The one thing I did want to mention um, – that I look back on and I'm just so mad at with the baby, the flower baby thing. I think it was eggs at our school. And the reason I tell you, I think it is because you know what? The guys didn't have to do it, just the girls. And it was one of those things where looking back, just how, you know, sexist so much Mm -hmm. of that, that stuff is and it's how sexist so much of sexual education is. And it's just, yeah, that stuff frustrates me looking back. Here's a question from JCD who said, asks, have you ever been enlisted or volunteered for something you can't say no to? I got enlisted into giving a presentation later this week for Garden Club. And hmm. you couldn't say no, huh? Um, I am somebody who only until the last six or seven years of my life have learned the power of saying no. So yes, I have had so many experiences of not being able to say no and finding myself off on all kinds of adventures that I did not intend. I didn't think through. Um, Mm -hmm. so yes. Uh, but the ones that I say yes to now, the ones where I like that I can't say no to are all about really important things. Like for example, my friend moving back from California and needing a place to live. And so I'm out on the land, clearing land, getting ticks, that kind of stuff. Um, that stuff I can't say no to because the impact is too great. Uh, but when we were in radio, we actually did a lot of things we couldn't say no to because it was our job, but it was also kind of good to do volunteer work and to kind of get out there in the community and, and mm-hmm. make, make an impact in a really simple way. So 
I think I sometimes to... it's good to get, get roped into some things every once in a while. Probably. Uh, I learned how to say no at a very young age. Um, yeah. And uh, it has benefited me, I think, greatly. Um, I think we say yes to a lot. Uh, too many things. Um, but yeah, I probably could say yes to more things, but I don't. I uh, I am very particular about the things I agree to. So I, I don't really remember being volunteered for something, especially recently, um, that I had to do. But yeah, saying Aaron's no is a also really great about being told no about stuff. Sometimes they'll call and be like, hey, I need a ride somewhere in 20 minutes. <laughs> and I'll say yeah. no. Yeah. No. Okay. And that's you know on what? me. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's on me. Yep. Uh, uh, let's see. Not a you question, but a shout out to Baby Slab. She's auditioning for advanced drama for eighth grade this week, and just hey. uh, have to share how proud I am of her. Uh, that's awesome, Slab. Go get very, it, very Baby cool. Slab. <laughs> Elizabeth says, with Mother's Day coming up, what is the best Mother's Day gift you've given or have oh. been given? Oh no. Well, I already talked about my best Mother's Day gift I've been given, which was a, a bracelet for Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is on my backpack. I'm so bad about giving gifts though. Yeah. Uh, last year I got my, nope, nope. That was for her birthday. I don't remember. Yeah. I, I'm a horrible gift um, person. I really am. The only reason I remember this is because I have a picture of it uh, as one of my profile pictures. Uh, last year for Mother's Day, Iris um, and her daddy, she wanted to put a picnic together for me. And so we went to the backyard and put out the uh, blanket and we had sandwiches and chips. And it was super simple, but she was so excited to do a picnic with me. And that meant a lot. So nice. I think that's my favorite one that I've gotten so far. Although I'm sure I'm going to be getting many more, <laughs> uh, many more interesting gifts. I don't remember what I've gotten my mom for Mother's Day, um, yeah. which probably just says a lot about me as a person. I just don't. I don't like I said, I'm, I do we get were, her things. But I don't remember so what they are. It was. Uh, if Breezy was here, she would tell me. It was my wife's birthday yesterday. Happy birthday to my wife. And uh, we decided to, for the first time in a long time, go out to eat uh, together and had a good time. And at one point, my wife said something along the lines of, I don't even remember what we did for my birthday last year. And I was like, we probably didn't do anything. We didn't, like, we just don't, we, like, I am such a bad gifts person that it is such a blessing and a miracle that I also married a bad gifts person. <laughs> who neither of us care. I don't know how great that is for our children, <laughs> but uh -huh. we tend to do pretty good at remembering their birthdays. <laughs> but like, as far as each other, um, you know, we'll, we'll try to celebrate our anniversary and that's basically it. Um, so yeah, I, I do not remember, uh, hardly any gifts I've ever given anyone. Uh, this is probably a good one to end on or, uh, past 10 now. Um, yep. this one's from Caleb. Now that we're a year into COVID, what piece of advice would you give to your year ago self who's just going into lockdown? And this is something you guys can all answer for yourselves in chat too. Um, so are we talking May or are we talking March? Are we talking when it started or are we talking like, like actually a year ago? Because those are two different answers, I think. I think you're thinking too much about it. Oh, of course. Hi, my name's Aaron. <laughs> Hi, I'm Aaron. I, have I to overthink have... everything. Yeah, you welcome. Do. Welcome to the um, show. I'll answer then first. I think my general, because uh, it's not just for me, it's not just COVID. It was, a, this year has been a year of a, a learning a lot about um, racism, uh, classism, um, 
I mean, there's just been so much conversation. It's been a political year. It's been a medical year. There's just been so, so, so much that has happened. I think the advice that I would give to myself would be to um, continue to let myself feel the emotion and be okay with being upset by it and try to find positive outlets, which I actually did. And so I'm kind of proud of myself, but let me tell you something. I was just, I've been talking to a couple people who are uh, kind of coming out of uh, this last year, year and a half, uh, completely different people with different friends and different social circles because they've lost their support um, because of all the division and diversity that obviously was very uh, alarming for a lot of reasons this last year. Um, I think that one of the reasons I feel so much more stable is because I'm not on social media. I'm barely on Instagram and barely on Twitter. And I killed Facebook oh, over a year ago, um, before all of the really, the, the vitriol really just bubbled. I think seeing all the hatred is it's important to know that it's there and it's important to engage in it. It's important to acknowledge it. And it's an important thing to educate and be part of a conversation that's healthy for you. Um, but I think seeing all of the division and all of the hatred and all of the horrible comments all the time and not knowing how to impact anything would have been an absolute debilitating experience for me. And so if I hadn't made the decision already, I think I would have given myself the advice to just kill social media and learn how to get involved with my social circle around me, not to shut out the truth, but to build up my social circle, to turn to the people in my, in my life, my core people, and then like the, the next couple layers out that I can manage on my own and figure out what I need to do. Um, because I don't know how to be a voice on social media uh, for a lot of the changes I think need to be made happen. I still have a hard time knowing how much I want to stand on a hill and be a voice when I still have to educate myself so much because I am so privileged. Um, and so that's a hard, that's a hard line for me. So I'm not there yet where I'm going to go out. Like I, the, the stuff I share on social media, I think is an example of my opinion, but me going out and just stating my opinions hardcore right now, I'm still not comfortable doing because I'm not comfortable with the backlash. And that's something I have to work on. But I think I would tell myself it's okay to have to work on it. And it's okay to get to the point where you're able to, to have conversations, but feel it um, and be okay with feeling stuff and make sure that you're talking to somebody that's safe. Yeah. This is kind of um, heavy. Is that a heavy, it's a heavy way to end the show. I'm a, sorry. It's a very heavy way to end the show. It's a very <laughs> heavy topic. There's some very heavy comments going on in the chat. Um, and I want you to know we see you, we hear you, and uh, we mourn with you. We grieve with you. Uh, we know it's been a crazy hard year for so many people. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, for me, I would go back and tell myself, uh, the first, the, 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 uh, simple shallow answer, find a very comfortable mask that is large enough, uh, for, for you, your face. <laughs> for your face, understand where it comes from and make sure you have ability to, you know, 
continue to buy those or go ahead and buy 10 of them and, you know, wash them through. Like I would, I would prepare myself for the practical nature of things, a little, you know, a little bit better of understanding it. I would give myself the information that I didn't have then about, you know, um, how it was going to impact the day-to-day life. So that's the shallow answer. The deeper answer, I think, really has to wait. We're still in it. Now, I know we're kind of coming out of it. Like I said, we went out to eat last night. But what I mean by we're still in it is there is still a lot to be learned and a Mm -hmm. lot to be said about what has happened uh, over the course of this pandemic and will continue. How How this pandemic actually does finish will say a lot. Is this going to be something where people who get vaccines just go ahead and get a booster every year and people who don't just continue to get this disease and we just continue to have spikes every winter from the people who don't want to get vaccines like that's a possibility we're going to learn more about the natural immunity that happens when you get it how long that lasts we're going to learn more about the vaccines how long they last like there's so much we don't know yet that it's hard to really know the deeper thing I would tell myself um, going back a year ago. Um, The one thing I think that echoes what Danae was saying is probably I would tell myself to have a little more grace for the other humans in my life who who are falling into the trap of division. Um, There's so many, there's so much about this pandemic that became, especially here in America, became such a divisive issue because we were going through uh, a crazy election cycle, uh, one of the most divisive election cycles we've ever had. Uh, We were going through a racial reckoning um, that has needed to happen and continues to need to happen in our country. And so we're going through all of these things that is, you know, for me, for somebody who takes pride in thinking independently and thinking critically and not being tied to a certain um, group think, um, man, did I start to see group think all around me. And I think I would have given myself a little more, um, just said, hey, have a little more grace for the group think you see in other people to understand it's human nature, to understand divisiveness is hard, all that stuff. So yeah, I, I think if there was anything deeper, I would have said to myself, it probably would be, um, you're going to be uh, disappointed in some ways at how science is treated as a political issue and just, you know, find a way to find peace with humans being humans. Does that make sense? Does any of that make sense? Like, it's just, it's, it's one of those things that, that I would just have to, you know, figure out on my own. And I don't think you can tell yourself that. I think you just have to learn it. So, yeah. Yeah. We can't end there. I'm sorry. It's too deep. Too much. <laughs> Fair enough. We Fair have enough. a speed round question. Aaron, broccoli mm-hmm. or cauliflower from Lolly? I mean, neither. Okay. Toilet paper or the over under for the bidet? <laughs> I'm uh. sorry. What? <laughs> toilet paper over. Toilet Tots. paper goes over Tots the top. Well, hold on. Hold on. Hey, if you're going to put the question up, let me answer the question. The oh, toilet wow. paper goes. The toilet paper goes over. Mm-hmm. Not under. Under is ridiculous. That makes no sense. And uh, bidets are great. They're just, we don't have them culturally uh, built into most of our toilets. Uh, toss with cheese or plain? Plain. Plain, plain. Okay. okay. Mustard for Danae. That's true. Since she's not answering any of these questions, just throwing them to me. That's right. Um, <laughs> I would say cauliflower um, over 
I'm okay with trying the bidet thing and then plain tots if I have to have just a choice, but mm-hmm. I would choose mustard if that was an option. There you go. Favorite type of donut? Bear claw. I like Bavarian cream filled uh, caramel long john. Some people call that custard. Did she just right? say cauliflower? What did I say it wrong? Yes. Yeah. I said no, you didn't say it. You didn't say it wrong. I think slabs maybe just questioning your choice. Oh, okay. Cauliflower, especially as a crust of my pizza. If you guys have tried cauliflower crusted pizza, it's so good. I agree with you, Greg. Aaron is shaking his head. (laughs) No, it tastes like cauliflower. (laughs) It's horrible. (laughs) It's so yummy. Oh my gosh. I went terrible. So delicious. What are you talking about? Oh, you guys. Oh, wait. Are we different? Do we have different (laughs) taste buds? Um, as always, we really appreciate go. We, I mean, you know, us, we take our topics, we have up and down conversations. We go mm-hmm. into deep places. We come back out. Um, and we just appreciate you guys being along this journey with us. Uh, we go live every Mondays at 9am central. You can, um, follow us on all of the places that are listed down below Twitter. We're on Facebook, but only because we have to be. <laughs> sorry facebook watchers um you can follow us on youtube as well and of course on our individual twitches our individual twitch channels which mm-hmm. for those of you guys who are watching on twitch i will be raiding cactus room i think um although they might actually not be practicing guitar so i'll check on that um yeah you guys can also support us at patreon patreon.com slash studio dna which uh, for those of you who don't know, Aaron and I accidentally started a podcast network a long time ago, and there's still people who are producing content there, including ourselves. And so your um, dollars go to support us continuing to do podcasting and shows like this one. So that's kind of all the places that you guys can catch us. Um, we do go live Mondays and some days. So if we are able to go live again this week, There will be no notification. It'll just pop up. So make sure if you're following us on Twitch or wherever you're following, you click the little icon and you'll get a notification that we are live. We will. I think you got it all. And uh, the actual answer to my question is I would tell uh, my old self to invest in Bitcoin, uh, every dollar that I can find. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. That's the actual answer. All right, guys, we'll see you on the next Monday or Sunday. Thanks for tuning in to listen to us shoe another dough. If you'd like to watch the show live, we stream it on Mondays and Sundays at 9 a.m. Central on all major streaming platforms. Subscribe, follow, join the conversation on YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, or maybe you can also be a member of Team DNA. Members get their own custom podcast feed that will include not only the Monday show, but all bonus shows we do through the rest of the week. Membership is five bucks a month, and you can join today at patreon.com slash studio DNA. Finally, thank you so much for being a part of this fun little community of awesomeness. Remember, your quirks aren't bugs, they're features. Find them, celebrate them, and know you're loved and valuable for just being you. See you next time. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices. 
by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.